7.05, it is Monday night, can only mean one thing, employment hour here at 7 o'clock, Dave Vaughn from the firm as always filling in here and doing his job on Mondays as we uh, begin our discussion on employment law, employment rights, your severance being let go, everything under that umbrella. You have questions, I'm sure you do, you want them answered, now is the time, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We get to a lot of things, including the... Uh, the severance pay calculator, which we'll talk about and I'm sure you'll refer to throughout the show uh, tonight. Dave, as always, we get started with the week that was. What is happening? Yeah, I had a couple uh, interesting ones uh, last week and uh, settled a matter where uh, my client worked as uh, basically as a contractor for the last 10 years uh, for one company. Uh, the company considered him an independent contractor. Uh, he invoiced them. He paid his own taxes. But uh, this was his only job. And uh, 100% of his income uh, came from this company. Uh, and he was there for 10 years, right? So he's, he's within their, works yeah. within their company, know, you know, works with everyone, reports to the manager, um, knows an the employee. employees. Yeah, yeah, he's an employer, at least an, a dependent contractor. Right. And um, so we, uh, when, when they let him go, they didn't want to pay him any severance pay because they said, you're an independent contractor. We're just terminating the relationship, the contract. So uh, we uh, went to a, uh, a mediation uh, in this case, and we're able to settle the case um, for for twelve months. Um, he's a ten year guy, and um, that's uh, you know based on his full severance entitlements at common law. So, would he, as he was a dependent contractor, would, would they get the same entitlements as a full employee? So there's some arguments saying that they get a bit less, but right. this, I mean, this individual was a hundred percent of his income was uh, through this company. So I think he was an employee at worst. For him, he was a dependent contractor. What else? Yeah, what else he got going on? Another one we had was um, a contract uh, or an employee with successive one-year contracts. So uh, he worked for this company for six years, and each okay. year signed a new contract. His most recent contract ended uh, at the end of the year, so December to, uh, 2000, December thirty-first, two thousand sixteen. Uh, when they let him go, the company took the position that, well, you don't get severance pay. Uh, you know, you're you're on contract. You knew it was ending. Uh, the law protects employees in this type of situation. And if you're on one or two contracts, uh, maybe even for a couple months at a time, right. then yeah, that's that's a contract. That's a legit contract. But if you get into three or four consecutive contracts, same employer, uh, you're a per- permanent employee and the, the law will recognize that. Uh, so we were able to uh, settle the case for uh, his full uh, severance pay, which was about six months. So six years, six different contracts. Right. If you did that, you might as well just do that for 30 years and not have to pay yeah, anybody. Yeah, you could. And uh, I mean, <laughs> right? the courts it. aren't going to allow companies to get away with that, right? That's clearly uh, a way of avoiding paying people severance pay. So uh, the, the, the courts don't let that happen. And uh, the, the problem is though, a lot of people don't know that. I've spoken with people who they say, oh, I was on contract. So I'm not, I don't get yeah. severance pay. And then you look at the contracts, it's been going back, you know, six, 10, 12 years. And they actually wouldn't have actually pursued their severance pay uh, had you not told them. And, uh, you know, for someone with, you know, 10 years, that's, you know, upwards of 12 Even if they've been signing one every year, they just figure this is okay. This yeah, they, is, this they is what it's happens. okay. And their employer, the, the human resource professional who, who let them go is telling them, oh, you don't get any severance pay. Usually they'll ask, oh, so what about the severance pay? And the, uh, the company will say, oh, no, you don't get severance pay. You have a, you're, on a, you're on a contract. Talk to you a little bit about the severance pay calculator, because I know you just did some quick math there. but you know. Yeah, so what the severance pay calculator does is it uh, provides an estimate in terms of how much severance pay a dismissed employee gets. And uh, there's three uh, factors it looks at, age, years of service, and position. Uh, so you, you log on to the, uh, to the app or, or the website, and you just type those, fa- those factors in. It gives you a range. I, I mm-hmm. believe it's four to seven, and uh, it gives you an ra- age range and uh, different categories of position. 
And uh, you fill those out, and it gives you an estimate in terms of how much severance you're entitled to. Generally speaking, the older you are, the longer you've worked, the more senior position, the higher severance is going to be, right? That's right. And uh, one of the uh, what, what it tries to you know do away with is the misconception that there's one uh, there's a formula. Right, a week per year, two a weeks week per, per year, year, two weeks per yeah. year, month per year, and a lot of people do believe that's uh, that, that's what happens, but uh, it, it's not true. Uh, it depends on your you know there's a lot of factors that go into it, but the main ones are age, position, and length of service. We'll take a, a short break. Your phone calls, bring them on, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots of stuff to get through tonight. Your phone calls are always priority, so give us a call. We'd love to talk to you between now and 8 o'clock. Night one, this is tonight here on Wednesday, of course, the Employment Hour, right here at Talk Radio, AM 640. Phone lines are open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, 713 on uh, Monday. We're back in here Wednesday night, of course, with the Employment Hour. Dave Vaughn from the firm covers uh, the Mondays uh, back and forth with Leora. Have you been to severancepaycalculator.com? We just talked about it. Figure out how much severance you really should be getting. Don't go to the ministry. Go to that website first and check it out for sure. Got uh, Joe here. Hey, Joe, good evening. Hey, good evening, guys. First of all, great show, regular listener. But there's one question that I really want to ask, and that's as far as all the laws with respect to severance, how often do they change or, or how often is it legislated? Like the current information you're giving now has it been changed within the last two years, three years? Because I never really hear much on the media with, with uh, regards to, to, to severance. I just wanted to get your perspective and insight on that. That's a great question, Joe. So what we're talking about here uh, on the show is common law severance pay. And uh, in terms of uh, how that's created, that's not legislated. So there's no, uh, you don't just open, you know, go online and find the law on that, the, uh, you know, specific book with the, with the law. That actually uh, just develops over time with cases. Uh, so the courts have, in Canada, have said that the way we determine severance pay is those factors we talk about, age, years of service, position, and anything else that would go to, uh, towards making it difficult to find a job. And, uh, you know, the older you are, the longer you've been there and the more senior or specialized your role and the harder it is going to, you know, to replace the job, the more severance you're going to get. So that just develops through case law. And in, in terms of uh, there's always, always new cases. So you're always seeing uh, new cases come out that maybe support a different notice period or a higher notice period than maybe we would have thought before. But there's no it's no easy answer in terms of, you know, two years ago, the law changed and uh, someone with. Two years of service. Who's a you know senior executive? Who's you know fifty eight gets you know eight months. There's no easy easy answer in that sense. Would it be reasonable to say the laws that were say ten fifteen years ago are exactly the same as far as as what it is now? And if there was like a big escalation that would have reached the court, what would what would the court determine it based on what? Right. So uh, I would say in the last um, ten years. The courts have increasingly awarded large, uh, larger notice periods, especially for shorter service employees. Okay, so at one point there may have been a rule of thumb, and we're talking 20 years ago, 30 years ago, um, that supported the month per year, or at least more cases and judges would follow that month per year. It's been case law for a very long time. It has. Right. I mean, and that, that's what everything we're talking about, that it is case law. Uh, and I would say the, ca- the courts uh, used to uh, you know, favor maybe a l- lesser notice period, especially for short service employees. Right. And that's something we talk about on the show a lot is there's a misconception that short service employees only get a, you know, a month or two of service. I um, mean, closely, you know, lining to a month per year of service, but that's not true anymore. And that's been a more recent development. Over the last several years, we've seen a lot of decisions 
where short service employees, people with one, two years of service who have uh, you know managerial jobs are getting six months. We've even seen one where uh, one individual got a 12-month notice period after, I think it was 18 months. I think a lot of the stuff that uh, Joe was talking about there, maybe alluding to, would be things maybe in our human rights code violations, stuff like that. That might have changed. That might have improved over years, but that's that's not common law. That's not that's not through case law. That's that's government. That's bills. That's all that stuff. That's right. right. And same with uh, sometimes what we talk about is the minimum standards under the Employment right. Standards Act. But those are the minimums, and those are absolutely legislated, and that was changed uh, back in 2000. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Going to talk about some uh, common questions when it comes to, uh, well, phone calls in your desk every day, Dave. Here's one of them right here. I didn't do anything wrong. Can my employer terminate me like this? Yes. The Done. Em- <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, your employer can uh, doesn't need a reason to terminate you, uh, doesn't have to even provide you with a reason, and it can actually uh, terminate you for really whatever reason it wants unless it violates human rights code. Right. I had one uh, case once where the employer actually terminated the uh, my client because he, his sales were too high. He was earning too many uh, too much commissions under the plan, and they wanted to terminate him to uh, to get someone new that didn't have such a generous commission plan. Uh, so yeah, absolutely, uh, your employer can terminate you. But if they do and they don't provide a reason and they're not alleging cause, right. they have to uh, pay you severance pay. And that's what, right. we, that's what we're here talking about. That's what you can find out on the severance pay calculator. And I know you and I have joked about this and Lior and I joke about this all the time. And it's, it, as asinine as it sounds, you come in one day and your boss says, you know what, you got a red car? I want to hire someone or I prefer to have someone who has a blue car, so I'm letting you go. As stupid as that sounds, they can do that as long as have you to get pay your full severance. Pay. That's right. right. So I to deny, you know, if you, if you want to deny severance pay to someone, mm-hmm. you have to have a, a reason. It has to be a very strong reason, and uh, that's called just cause for uh, termination. And I know we've touched on this, but it's good to hammer it home every time under the same banner of most common questions you get, how much severance do I get? So that's uh, where you should uh, go to the uh, severance pay calculator for the specific right. number um, and uh, and type that in, and you'll see, uh, see the estimate, and uh, it's age, years of service, position. Okay, so you've said I should get X amount for the severance pay calculator. We've uh, we've had this discussion. Now I've got my package in front of me. My employer has not paid me enough. He's given me 50 cents on the dollar. What do I do? You need to negotiate the severance package. Yeah. Uh, I, I recommend uh, giving our, giving our uh, firm a call. Uh, we deal with uh, severance packages employers all the time, and uh, it's very rare to see a uh, severance package that uh, that's that's – adequate. And uh, we'll, we'll reach out to the company and explain to them why it's not a fair severance package and uh, just go through the process of, uh, of negotiating. And uh, most employers are willing to do that. In fact, they ex- expect it. I was going to say, it's generally not a problem if you're sitting in that day, you know, Friday afternoon, they give you this package. You can easily voice your opinion and say, look, I want to get this lab looked at by an employment lawyer. So we're all good to go. Don't fear that, right? No, not at all. And uh, some employers will try to tell you, you know, there's a deadline or uh, you need to have this signed uh, right away. And uh, they, uh, you know, don't be worried. You know, they're trying to pressure you. Don't let that worry you. Uh, give us a call because uh, it's very rare um, that I see a severance package that's, uh, that's reasonable. We're going to take a very short break. Your phone call is coming in. Hang on the line. We will get to you. 723, we are back out of the phone lines are uh, open. You can give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Bob, with no further ado, how are you, my friend? Good. Hey. What's your concern, Bob? Um, my concern is that I've been employed by a, a company for uh, over 20 years now. The, the problem is for at least the last four, four years anyway, uh, I've been off on uh, permanent disability. And when I contacted them, uh, my, my permanent disability was cut off when I was 65. And when I uh, contacted the company, 
Um, I asked them, you know, were, were they planning to, to terminate me as well because it was cut off? Um, they said, asked me, was I coming back to work? I said, I didn't believe so. I, I, I have too many problems and I, I really don't intend to come back to work. I'm 67 years old now. Um, I said, like, it, they plan to terminate me and, and pay me severance. And they said, no, if you were on disability, you're not entitled to severance. And I said, well, you know, that's not what I understand. I, I haven't been on disability for all the time I worked for the company. Um, so they've kept me on their books as an employee, but I haven't worked there now for four or five years anyway. And when were you cut and off uh, LTD, Bob? Pardon me? When were you cut off uh, disability? Uh, on my 65th birthday. So two years ago? Uh, yeah. So have you been without out, uh, income for two years? Well, just my Canada pension and my old age pension. Right, okay. And uh, you don't think you'll ever be able to go back? No, I, there's no way. Okay. And how big is this company? How many employees would they have? Uh, they're Canada-wide. Okay, they're, so you, they're, a, they're a retailer. Okay. You think they'd have more than uh, 100 employees? Oh, yeah, by far. Okay, so if you're, I mean, they haven't terminated your employment yet, right? No. Um, but if they do, they would either owe you common law severance pay, uh, which would be, you know, probably in the what, 18 to 24 month range. Okay. okay, but yeah. the other thing they can do, and they, they probably will do, is allege that your contract of employment's been frustrated, and what that means is you would only be entitled to your minimum standards under the Employment Standards Act, which would be right around 28 uh, weeks of severance and termination pay. So you're looking at about six and a half months. So there's a big difference between uh, the common law and the ESA. Uh, the problem is if you're never going to be able to work again, uh, they have an argue, a very strong argument that your employment's been frustrated, so you're not going to get anything more than that two, uh, six and a half months. Uh, either way, uh, this is something you should uh, pursue sooner rather than later. Uh, even though your employment hasn't been technically terminated, there are ways to see if we can get that severance package from them. Well, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Okay, I'm going to so, give you a. Uh, I'm going to give you a number here, Bob, to uh, to write down and repeat it several times during the show as well. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We get a hold of Dave or Lior uh, as soon as you can and take the matter uh, further for sure. Robert, good evening. Good evening to both of you. How are you, pal? What's happening with you? I have a question that could be dealing with Lior's area or maybe his uh, partner's area. Mm-hmm. Um, it concerns my daughter. She's going to be applying to a certain graduate school, but it also it could be employers too. Do the employers or graduate or outside parties, do they have access to our medical records if they've requested such, and what can they see? I have no idea if a graduate school would. Uh, I don't they've know. They've requested such. Okay. Uh, in terms of employment law and employers, um, if you're applying for a job, I mean, there's no reason why they should be requesting your medical documentation. Um, what if they want to, I don't know, I, I'm, but do they have a right? No, there's no reason. They have no right to ask for your medical information. And if, if, we, if we give it to them, what does OHIP or uh, the Ministry of Health give them? I really don't know. What are they asking for and why? Have they explained why? Um, 
Well, this is a medical school specifically uh, where my daughter wants to apply to. Wow. Okay. And uh, so they may, I mean, it may have something to do with the type of classes she's doing or, or the circumstances. We're afraid that she might have, because she had maybe a, a brief bout at CAMH, if okay. that could be held against her. See, I'm, I mean, this just isn't, you know, applying to graduate school isn't. Uh, no, but I mean, even a, an employer. Well, there's a big difference, uh, Robert. There's a big difference between um, what an employer can do and what a, a school, a university, yeah. or a high school, or, or whatnot can ask for in terms of information. I mean, these are just different realms. Uh, an employer uh, should not be asking for your uh, me- full medical information if you're applying for Did a job. Did they give you an ultimatum? Do you have to show it or she doesn't get in? Is that what they're saying well, or are they just on requesting their, it? On, the, on the, uh, their form on the website that says you have to provide this. So I'm just, I'm just wondering what is the, the law in Ontario with respect? I mean, can an employer, for instance, as a terms of uh, uh, employment, say we want to see what's in your history? No. No. No, they can't, but that doesn't necessarily mean that other institute, you know, other that, that's not allowed in other realms. So I, mean, I just don't you, want you taking what an employer can do um, as, you know, the same answer for, for a school that you're... Sure, you're, no, I understand okay. that. Okay. Uh, an employer cannot be doing that. The only time it does come up is um, if you're uh, unable to work due to medical issues, they can ask for uh, information such as the prognosis for return. Yeah, not diagnosis, they can ask prognosis. Prognosis, but, right. uh, so the time frame, it'll take you, you know, how long you'll be off or expected to be off and the specific medical restrictions uh, that you require, the accommodations you require. Like security related reasons. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you this number again, Robert, and you can follow up with uh, with Savan. Uh, possibly he might have an answer to yours, partners. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. He might have. Uh, uh, to be able to enlighten you a little more when it comes to uh, comes to that uh, question. Appreciate your call. Uh, hang on, Mendy. We see you there. We'll get to you and your phone calls as well. We got lots of open lines. Uh, Zimady, good Hi. afternoon or good evening. How are you? How about you? Good man. What's your question? Okay, I have a question uh, regarding the maternity leave. Mm-hmm. My, my wife, uh, her maternity leave was over on uh, March twentieth, and uh, she got a call from the employer uh, a week uh, before the, uh, the the March twentieth, and she was told to come back from April first. And she said, okay. And then uh, she got a call again, uh, you know, to don't come back for now for another three weeks because I don't know what to do with the, play, uh, uh, with the person who is replacing you. And now she's keep getting a phone call to come back and not to come back. And then the last call she got, the employer was saying, oh, I don't know. Uh, I think that the person I hired here, she needs the job more than you do. So I don't know what some of my rights are here So what we can do. I can tell you that your wife has uh, a lot of rights Big here. Big time. Uh, that is, uh, I, I can't believe an employer would uh, would do that. Uh, your your wife has a you know a right to return to her job or a, a similar job. Um, there's no basis to say that the person who replaced her, um, you know, has a, be- a more of a right to the job. Uh, this is a termination. Uh, there's no question about it. So uh, your wife would be entitled to is entitled to severance pay and uh, you know damages pursuant to the human rights code because. Uh, this is uh, blatantly uh, discrimination on the basis of uh, her, her uh, need for maternity leave. Uh, how long has your uh, wife been working there? Over two years. Two years. And how old is she? She's 25. Okay. Um, so in terms of the severance uh, package she would get, it's probably somewhere in the range of three to four months okay. um, but in, uh, of pay. But in addition to that, um, th- there should be some uh, damages on account of the human rights violation because that's just a blatant human rights violation there. There's nothing subtle about it. Okay, perfect. So uh, uh, she can just call the employer and say, you know what, I want to come back no matter what? Well, what she should do, is just because it seems like they've been giving her, uh, you know, 
going back and forth on her and uh, and really messing around with uh, with her is I would tell her to give us a call tomorrow and we can okay. uh, basically uh, talk her through the process and ensure she handles it appropriately and uh, have her you know ask the right questions and say the right things to the employer. But Medi, get on that, okay? The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We got a saying on the show that is, "Don't mess with mama." That's yeah, exactly what and, they're doing. And that's a you know yeah. that's a brutal one. You don't yeah. see ones that are that uh, blatant. We're not very sure if we often, want you eh? back, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> we like this other person better. Right. Hope your kid's healthy. Nice, Neil in Toronto. Good evening, sir. How's it going, guys? Good, pal. What's going on with you? Just had a quick question here. So I had an interview set up last week, Friday. Um, not sorry, not the Friday that just passed. The previous Friday, mm-hmm. um, it uh, an employer contacted me. They had been trying to get in touch with me for a while. Anyways, I uh, did give them a call back. When I called and spoke to the interviewer, first she was uh, kind of ranting about the fact that she couldn't get a hold of me, and she seemed a little bit distraught about that. Anyways. Um, so I had a on-the-phone interview, and that went okay. That went well, I guess. She did promise to send me an invitation, um, inviting me to a in, um, face-to-face interview, and uh, she did not send it as, as promised. So um, I contacted her back, kind of held her to her word there, and then she ended up sending it. When I got to the interview, it was really, really strange. Um, some... Uh, some questions that I never had before. I'm not sure the questions are uh, legally out of bounds or if, uh, you know, maybe you can help me out here. What type so of questions got, are they, Neil? Like what? Sure. Um, so when I got to the interview, uh, first of all, the manager, um, the HR manager, the director was asking me um, about not my, uh, my, previous, my previous experiences, questioning it, kind of making it seem like, it, like I was lying. Um, another question was, can you give me three weaknesses about yourself? Now, it's a question I've never been asked before, and it seems like a question that was meant to uh, pretty much fail me from the interview. So I just, just wanted your perspective on that. Is that are, are those kind of legitimate questions that can be asked in the interview? Yeah, they are, definitely. It's, a, it's, it's one of those things you see on, on Twitter and these, these, these life hack websites, you know, be prepared for these interviews. And it's, you're not showing your weaknesses, it's how you combat that answer. It's, it's right. cheesy stuff, but it's typical interview stuff. I've like seen I'm those sometimes before. too prepared and, yeah. and things yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. But they're allowed, to, you know, the, an employer is allowed to ask you, uh, you know, really whatever questions they want unless it uh, violates some type of a law, like a human rights uh, right. code. So, you know, you wouldn't be allowed to ask someone, you know, do you think you're going to be starting a family soon? Yeah, uh, things like that. What, what yeah. religion are you? Yeah, or, yeah, what religion are you? Oh, you're. Uh, you, how old are you? Uh, do you think you'll be retiring soon? Those are the types of questions that uh, employers can't answer, but or can't ask. But the questions they asked you are, uh, you know, there's nothing you can do to stop them. And uh, I mean, if you're not comfortable with it, I think the uh, the better best approach is just to not uh, not go with the job. Now, in terms of the conduct, are they uh, do they have uh, a lot of wiggle room in terms of the way they can conduct themselves? Uh, less it, less it's uh, um, a human rights violation. Is, is that pretty much it? Do they yeah, they do. Yeah, room in terms of okay. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a private business. They're it might be to... part of the thing to try to make you feel a little uncomfortable. See how you squirm and handle that, right? You know, what cool. I mean? yeah, that's been suggested yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it just doesn't yeah, seem like it's a. Uh, you know, that you're that you guys uh, you know headed off very well, so uh, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's, it's a uh, great you know employment relationship. Yeah, bring them on. We'd love to talk to you tonight. We'll get right back into it, Larry. Appreciate you hanging on, fella. How are you? Good, thanks, and you. Good. What's uh, what's your concern, Dave's there? So recently got laid off. 
I was there for about five and a half years. I just want to know that if they offer me the right amount of severance, and if I find a job quickly, do I have to pay any of it back, or does the severance stop? What were you offered, Larry? That five and a half months, 23 weeks. Oh, so Okay, so five and a half uh, months, and you were there for five and a half years? Right. Okay, and what was your job title and age? I was a marketing manager, and I'm 35. And if uh, does it say anything about that in the termination letter? Does it say, you know, if you get a job at a certain time, they're going to stop paying you, or is it? No, doesn't no. say. So in terms of the second part of the question, that no, you, I mean, in, unless it expressly says that in the termination letter, then that's your money. You can go get a job whenever you want. Does it give you a lump sum, or they, or is it payment over time? It's payment over time or fifty percent lump sum. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you and you took the payment over time. I haven't done anything yet. Okay, and you're sure it doesn't say anything in there about stopping payment of the of the salary continuation if you get a job? I could reread it, but I, I didn't... I would take a look, because a lot of the time when they're, when companies offer you know salary continuation for, let's say, five and a half months or 50% of a, a lump sum, a lot of the time that is wise because the longer right. uh, severance package, the, the salary continuation mm-hmm. period, actually does involve some type of a... You know, they'll stop it if you do get a job. So well, you I would, get 50% of the remaining if you find another job or that's something right, like yeah. that. That's right, yeah. So yeah. I would read that very carefully, and if okay. you want us to uh, go you know review it with you tomorrow, uh, we'd be uh, happy to do that. And I'm sorry, the amount that they offer, is that adequate or? If it's five and a half months, it's, yeah, that's not a bad severance package. Which is rare. Yeah. For a yeah, uh, marketing manager, 35 years old, um, could you get another month or two? Possibly. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's right around the, uh, right in the range. So, Larry, that number again, if you want to uh, double check tomorrow, one 821 5900 Lou, good yes. evening. How are you? Hey, John. Good, thanks. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, What's your concern? Uh, I'm a second-time caller. You've always helped me out in the past for family members. I had a question this time as concerns my wife. She's uh, currently at a company that she's been at for about 14 years. Last couple of years, they've expanded to uh, Mississauga from Toronto, and uh, her her unit now is the last unit to be transferred over to Mississauga. Does she have any rights in terms of having to go? she's, She's worked in Toronto for 14 years, and now they're trying to make her move to Mississauga? Correct. What what's the uh, what's her current commute? Current commute's about uh, two kilometers. That's great. And, <laughs> yeah, and then nice. what would it be if they moved to, if she moves to Mississauga? Twenty. Twenty kilometers. Is that enough for constructive? That probably is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> especially you know fourteen years. And uh, does she have a, Does she drive to work or uh, does she? She does, she does drive to work. Does she but... does drive. Um, and when are they implementing this change? Um. Shortly, within the next six weeks. And they just told her about it now? Uh, no, they mentioned it in the last uh, two to three weeks. They've given them a heads up. Um, she hasn't signed anything, though, in terms mm-hmm. of wanting to uh, agree to the move, but they've been somewhat evasive in terms of her options. Okay. And are they are they trying to get her to sign something? Um, like an acceptance? I, I believe, yeah. I believe the only thing they're trying to get her is an acceptance of basically moving to the Mississauga location. How does she feel about it? Well, I mean, uh, everybody in the department feels a bit, uh, you know... Uh, Cheesed of off. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. How long but, has she been there, Lou? 14 years. 14 years? Yeah, so would she... Uh, I mean, does she want to stay, or, I mean, is she willing to make she the does. commute? I mean, she's happy with the company. It's just, you know, yeah. when you go from a two-kilometer commute yeah. one way to a 20-kilometer commute one way... Well, in, in terms of, you know, if she act, if she said, you know, I can't do it, I, it's an impossible commute for me to do, or it's going to impact my, uh, 
you know, my my family uh, responsibilities well, it, or something. With the family, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. and if that's the case, and she genuinely can't do it, um, that would, you know, I have no uh, no hesitation saying that would be a constructive dismissal. Uh, if she still wants the job, uh, what I would recommend uh, is, you know, negotiating some type of, uh, you know, try seeing if they'll give her a bit of an increase. Yeah, does she have time. leeway? Can I, can I, you know, take this for a spin for a couple of weeks and see if it works? Can she do that with the employer? She could um, do that. Absolutely. Yeah. You'd want to let her know that you're trying that though. You say, right. you know, I'm not sure I can accept this. Um, I have these uh, family responsibilities. Writing. It's tough, but I'm willing to give it a shot and see if it, and see if it works out. Uh, so you, she could let him about that. Does she, does she have any any rights if it doesn't work out? Yeah, she would. That would be, um, you know, from what you've told me, I believe that would be a constructive dismissal, and okay. um, she could, uh, you know, treat herself as having been terminated, and she'd get a severance package, and uh, you know, that would depend on uh, what that amount is. It would depend on her age and her position. So what? Uh, right. How how old is she? And what, what, well, she's uh, forty five in a management position. Okay. So um, you know, she'd probably get somewhere in the twelve, twelve to fourteen, fifteen month range. Uh, to 14. Okay. Yeah, depending on the seniority of the the position. Um, right. So, but before doing anything, um, give us a call because uh, you know it's an important decision to make. She's been there for 14 it years. It is, you know, and it, I mean, you know, she doesn't want to seem disloyal to the company, but like I said, you know, transferring from Toronto to Mississauga is a bit of a hike. Yeah, time. I mean, it's a huge impact on her. Um, sounds like it'd be a huge impact on not only her life, but uh, and just her, uh, you know. It, the family as well, right? So exactly. it's something to consider, exactly. but at the same time, you don't want to just you know leave the employment relationship. So maybe we can uh, you know make something work with uh, with the company. So give us okay. a call tomorrow, and we can uh, uh, assist you guys and uh, talk you through the process. Lou, appreciate the call, appreciate you listening, and uh, recognize your voice. Indeed, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, Lou, I'm sure you have that number down by now. For everyone else, you can give us a call. We have some open lines. We have until uh, 8 o'clock tonight. you got about 10 minutes. Get to our last few callers here in the last uh, remaining moments of the show. Brad, thanks for hanging in, fella. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Good. What's your concern? Well, I'm in a position, I'm 53 years old, and I'm in a position of um, interviewing for another job. And I wanted to be able to put some wording in, in a when an offer does come, when and if an offer does come, um, to cover severance mm-hmm. should it happen. And I wanted to know what would be a reasonable uh, time period to to request. So are you, uh, are you currently employed, Brad? I am, yes. So you'll be leaving this job for, uh, for the new job? Yes. And how long have you been with, the, uh, with your current employer? Current one, about uh, three and a half years. Okay. So I think that's the starting point to consider because if you were unemployed right now and you're looking for work, um, you know, there's not as much of a reason to ask for a big, you know, a big uh, severance package in the event they let you go. But in your case, you're actually leaving secure employment after, you know, three and a half years um, for the new job. So that needs to be taken into consideration because if you got let go right now, I mean, you'd probably get somewhere in the five, six month range. Mm-hmm. So to me, that would be the starting point. No, no, I mean, I'm talking about the, the new job. Right, so that, that that's what I'm saying is, uh, to me, oh. I would at least try to negotiate um, based on, you know, let's say you go over there and they let you go within a month. Well, you should be yeah. cons- you should be paid based on not only your years of service with them, but your three and a half years of service with the other company. Oh, I see, okay. And uh, the other thing I would really watch out for is a probationary clause. You're going to have to make sure that they don't have a probationary clause in there because if they if they do... Uh, they can let you go within you know the first three months and not give you anything, right? So uh, in terms of the specific formula, 
Um, it's probably better if we uh, if you give us a call to just to negotiate that in terms of the, the exact Have a look wording. at the offer if they offer you one, right? Yeah, exactly. And because yeah. um, I think it's probably best done just, uh, you know, we can uh, talk about it. We can review their offer. And usually what I recommend is uh, is a, a, basically a counter offer where we mm-hmm. go back with some changes. And one of those would be a formula um, to calculate uh, your severance pay. And it would cons- take into consideration your previous service with your current company. Okay. Uh, because I assume what they'll give you probably is a, a termination clause that says you know you only get your ESA minimums, which um, is nowhere near good enough, uh, especially if you're leaving a secure job. So you really have to uh, be careful in this situation because I see people who leave jobs for a, for a new job and they think it's going to be great, and then within a couple months doesn't work out, right. they're let go and they're given you know a week's pay, and they, that's because they didn't negotiate a, uh, you know, a fair termination clause in there. Right. We'll get to, uh, to Kevin. Good evening, Kevin. Hi, Luke. Hi. I want to ask Leora. I know uh, your position on union and employees, but let me ask you something. As a union employee working for a company with a closed shop where you have no choice but to be part of the union, now how is it not a human rights violation to deny me access to my legal advice of my choice? Yeah, it's just not a human. That's not a human right. Uh, legal having legal access to your choice. So the way the system works in Canada, and this isn't my position or Lior's position. This is just the, the way. Position. This is the law. Yeah. Uh, this isn't an opinion or anything. Uh, if you're in a union, you need you need to go through the union uh, with respect yeah, to dealing with your company. No, I mean, I mean, the union is your legal advice. That's who you go through for legal advice. That's not a human right. Okay. Okay. So you do have to go through the union uh, to pursue, uh, you know, severance or, or whatnot with your company. Hey, Walter, we'll uh, try to get to you here. How are you? I'm good. Okay. What's your question? Uh, I told the person that I called, uh, it's a little bit off topic, but it was hard for me to get through. Okay. And it's, I think it's really important. I filed my taxes with my tax man, and there's a new sheet in there that asks you if you've sold your house in the past year. And then it asks you, how much did you sell it for? And if you don't answer the questions, it states that you will be fined $8,000. Wow. And nobody knows about this. Really? That's really? bizarre. I've I, never heard that, then, in, my, never heard that in my I life. Talked, and then I talked to a lawyer who's a friend of mine, and he said, yeah, they've done this. The government's put that in. And he qualified that you will get uh, a fine of $8,000. That's and bizarre. I'm thinking, why are they doing this? No idea. That's a great question. That would be a tax lawyer you'd have to, to talk to in that regard, right? Yeah, it would. And, I think uh, it's important to let you guys know because you're always on good topics. Yeah, that, that is an interesting one. Uh, definitely a, uh, a tax issue. And uh, I would follow up with a tax lawyer about that. And uh, let us know the answer. Christopher, you got the uh, last call here, friend. How are you? Good, sir. How are you doing? Good. What's going on with you? Good. I've been working for a government agency for about 10 years now. And there was a new director that was hired, and it seems as if there's no movement. Uh, anytime there's a job posted, uh, it seems as if they hire from their old uh, realm or where they used to work. So they're kind of setting up their own nest egg from old employees that they had at another job, but they won't allow uh, internal employees move up within the government organization. So I was wondering if something could be done. Like they're not even. You're having interviews. Uh, they're having one interview with the person they want to hire, so it's kind of already a pre-picked job, but they're right. not hiring anybody from within. So based on general just common law employment law principles, there's no and, right to 
you know, a, a specific job or to have an interview. But as a government agency, there may be policies that uh, they're, they're breaking that govern your workplace. And the other thing is, is that the people that they're hiring, they don't have any experience. Yeah, unfortunately, employers can hire whoever they want. Uh, they could hire uh, all, you know, people that aren't good enough for the job, and there's not a lot you can do about it, uh, unless there's some type of a seniority policy in your, um, in whatever um, you know, policy governs your workplace. Christopher, appreciate the final call uh, for the night right there. We'll uh, we'll take it from here. Back in here Wednesday night with Lior. In the meantime, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of the fellas, or you want to go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out what your severance pay should be, should be under common law rights. Until next time, that is Wednesday, the Employment Hour, right here, Talk Radio, AM 640.